Okay, welcome to another episode of Pilates Elephants. I'm here with Sandy Arianti. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you. Great to be here with you. Thank you for having me. You're here all the way from Jakarta, Indonesia. Yes. And uh, for those of you listening to this on audio, uh, I'm sitting physically in the same room (laughs) as Sandy here (laughs) in Melbourne, Australia, which is a little bit of a novel experience for me since pandemic. We do all, I generally do all my interviews uh, online, but it's so great to be here physically with you. Um, So Sandy, we're here to talk about your Pilates business. So give us a little bit of background first, please. Like, just tell me, like, when did you start your business and, you know, give us the kind of basic gist of, of, or, you know, maybe the little backstory of how your business has evolved since that, since those days. Uh, I opened my first studio back in 2014, 2014, September, I think it was. Um, And then uh, from there, uh, uh, we moved to, uh, we we, I used to have my own studio in a uh, mall. And then after that, uh, they, uh, after I finished my, my, my contract with, with the mall, I moved the studio to other place, uh, in South Jakarta. It, it's a shop house. And then a few months after I opened my, my second studio, pandemic happened. Um, and then all my private clients, uh, decided to come to my apartment to do sessions with me. So, and then it continues until now. Hmm. All right. So you've been, you've been operating a studio since 2014. So that's like nine going on for nine years. What is nine? Just nine years. Happy anniversary. Just passed last month. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you've had three locations. First was in a mall. Mm. That was like five years, I think you told me, off, yes. off air. Yes. And then you set up just for a couple of months in a new place and then the pandemic yeah. put the end to that. But it was kind of a blessing in disguise because then your clients started coming to your home. Yes. So tell us about your current business. Like what does it look like? How, how, how many clients do you see at the same time? Where are you located um, how much do you teach? Just give us the basic rundown of your current business. Okay, it's a, just a small studio. Uh, I have a three-bedroom apartment in my in my apartment, so I use this one room, uh, size-wise about thirty square meters, more or less. Uh, I have one reformer, one Cadillac spine corrector, and one pedipole. And I have two power plates there. Uh, mostly now I teach one-on-one, but then I started to do the semi-private one-on-four since May or June, something like that. Um, my uh, my teaching I teach every day because I'm at home and I don't feel like I'm working. You know, uh, I enjoy teaching, so I teach every day. Uh, from seven to five, and then and then I have my break from twelve to four, and then in the afternoon, I do my semi-private sessions. Mm-hmm. And so these semi-private sessions started up uh, May, June, and yeah. yeah. So, so tell me, and this this interview really came about because you kind of casually offhand mentioned to me the other day that you started doing that because you read my book. Mm, yeah. Yes. 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 So yes. Yeah, so t- tell me about the genesis of that. Yeah. So 
so after I finished reading your book, so I was just wondering whether, firstly, I want to make sure that my space can like is sufficient enough to have that four people and five, including me in one little room, whether I feel comfortable, like, or whether they feel comfortable to fit into that, to squeeze in, to be squeezed into that small room. And then number two is I just want to test myself whether I can, you know, I'm comfortable teaching them and then also try because at the back of my head, I'm already wanted to do the low back pain program. So I just wanted to test the program. You know, I just want to, before I officially launch it, I initially want to test, but it turns out well. So uh, I make I make more uh, earnings compared to my private clients currently from the semi-private. And so when you said you tested it, and I, I think that's such a fantastic way to, to do things, uh, so how did you go about testing it? What do you mean? How, how well, did I start? How, well, you said you wanted to test it before you rolled it out. Yeah, you know? yeah. So how did you test it? So I test, I just, um, so I didn't follow exactly 100% f- from the book. I just, uh, I researched, uh, I realized that uh, a lot, because my apartment is around the office building. A lot of people from, because in Jakarta, traffic is very heavy. A lot of people, let's say, finish work at five and they don't want to go home until eight. So I, I learned that they have nothing to do in between five to eight. So, and then I started my, I test run my class at uh, six o'clock in the evening so they come to my place and then after that finish seven o'clock they go home no traffic Hmm. yeah and so how did you put the word out oh uh no i just basically uh do did a simple uh you know open semi-private just put the timing on nothing nothing unique nothing specific just uh mentioning the timing of the of the of the semi private class and then I didn't start right right away have four clients in one session I started to have two and sometimes even one and slowly it gradually increased up to four mm-hmm. so because I thought if I start I mean if I wait for four people to start I will not start you know I just because my intention was just to test to test uh, the program, right, and to test the space. So I just started with one and two and then be, uh, and then three and then back to one. And then, you know, and then eventually I have now four clients that comes regularly on a specific day. Uh, and so in the mornings you're still teaching your one-on-one yeah. clients? Yes. I have one, sorry, I have once a week, 7 a.m. Tuesday for my semi-private uh, client, but the rest I do one-on-one mm-hmm. mm. and so what's the what's the difference in earnings between the semi-private sessions versus a the lot. one-on-one sessions a lot a lot um uh um so my one-on-one clients average i mean max maximum i get a month is Five thousand. That's for all of the clients together. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
that's the max, not always monthly, you know, it's up and down, but maximum is 5,000. Now with the semi-private, I can get 8,000. I mean, on top of the private clients. So I'm trying to shift like my one-on-one clients to to my semi-private, but it's, I don't know, maybe it's the culture in Jakarta is once they are so used to one-on-one teaching, they don't want to shift in onto, you know, semi-private class. Yeah, yeah. we can talk about, um, I've got some thoughts on how mm. you can do that. We can talk mm. about that later if you want. Um, so what about on a per session basis? Like, you know, for one one-on-one session, how much do you earn compared to like one four-on-one semi-private? One on one on one. I have to convert back to Australian dollars. Uh, uh, tell, tell, us, dollars? tell us in US dollars. <laughs> Easier in AUD. Okay. Ninety dollars per set per per session. I mean, yeah, one on one. That's about sixty USD. Yeah, I think so. And then my math is not that good. <laughs> and then for the semi-private, I can get, with my existing price, I charge $40 per person. So it's $2,040 AUD. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Yeah. $240. Yeah. $240 AUD. Sorry, it's not $240. It's $160. $160. Wait, wait. $160 AUD. <laughs> so it's, it's, like, it's more than double. It's almost triple what you're earning. Yeah. Uh, per session. No, wait, it's six. It's 40 times yeah, four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do the math for me. Yeah, so, yeah. Huh. And so, what, so you've, I mean, really you implemented the four-on-one, so the things you've implemented from the book is doing four-on-one semi-privates and you haven't yet put your prices up to where I recommend in the book. I recommend $49.50. I haven't got the confidence yet at that time. No, I have. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and have you implemented anything else from the book or just those two things? Um, those two things. What do, you, what do you, I mean, have you always been kind of just someone who just does things like that? Because, I mean, what really stuck out to me and the reason I wanted to talk to you today is that I'm just so happy that you've just read the book and yeah, implemented it and got I, a great I, result. I'm even happier. <laughs> yeah. uh, and my fear when I wrote the book was that people would read it but then not do it, no. you know, and, um, and of course it only works if you do it. And so, yeah, have you always, like, been, you know, courageous enough to experiment with things? I mean, I guess you have. You started your own business and... Yeah, yeah. And you knew you knew that you didn't have the confidence yet and so you tested it with a smaller group, a two-on-one, and then you thought, Slowly grow. okay, that wasn't so bad, I can do that, maybe have three-on-one. And now you've built your confidence and you you said you didn't have the confidence at that time when you began to put the prices all the way up to 49 per session for the semi-privates, but now you do because you've run a lot of sessions and they've been successful and you've got people that keep coming back at that price. So now another thing that really sort of strikes me about what you're doing is now I I haven't been to Indonesia in 20, 30 years probably, but I know that the median income there is way lower than say the United States or France or, you know, Australia or something like that. And yet 
you've found all of these people who are perfectly happy to pay yes. <laughs> you know, yes. good money for a session. So who are your clients? Uh, office people, mostly. Office people, yeah. I don't have any, um, like, housewife. Actually, I, when I used to have my old studio, I was trying to capture that housewife market to fill in the gaps, you know, the during the office, the business hours. But um, I don't know, somehow I always attract, like, the business kind of office people in my studio. Mostly women, but I have maybe 30% of men. That's, that's, actually, that's before, quite a lot compared to Australia? What, what I've seen, yeah. Oh, actually, before I have more men and mostly um, expatriates before the pandemic, but then after, since the pandemic, they went back to their own country and, and then, yeah. Adios. <laughs> Expatriates, they'd be good customers, I imagine. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. Uh, and you teach in English? Yes, I do teach in English. I mean, of course, if like Indonesian, they I speak Bahasa to them, but mostly I teach in English. But your clients are Indonesian, right? Indonesian, right. yeah. Right. So yeah. they're just educated people who speak English. Yes, right? yes, yes. Sometimes, huh. sometimes I just mix. Hmm. And so... And this fascinates me because one of the biggest things that I I experience with with instructors who are trying to implement this model is they're afraid to put their prices up. And so I've I've spoken with people in London, Sweden, Copenhagen, Philadelphia, Miami, who are who have said to me, Oh no, people in my area can't afford you know, $49 a session. Um, and it's it's fascinating to me because I know that people, I mean, in every city there are, there's a range of people with different levels of income, of course. But, I mean, if you can find, if, if, you, if you're making like 5000 a month from your one-on-ones and 8000 a month from your semi-privates, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. You know, do the math, dear listener. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess, what would you, what would you say to somebody in one of those sort of in modern industrialized Western capital cities who thinks they can't, people in the area can't afford Pilates sessions. You just have to know your value, I guess. You just uh, know your value. And I mean, I believe you cannot make everyone happy. Like when I increase my price, like some people are complaining, some people like okay with that. So I cannot make everyone happy. I just have to choose the right market to be my clientele. So when I value when I know how to position myself in the market and value, uh, they will value yourself also. So, um, so like, for example, in my other studio, I share with um, other teachers. This is the previous studio. The, the, yes. And then they were like, oh, they always want to give discount, always. 
but our their our price was already low. Always want to give this kind because they don't have the confidence. I guess, but their quality of teaching is really good, but they just don't have the confidence. And they always compare themselves to the other studio only charging this much, you know, like, and then we cannot charge more than this, you know. I mean, it's it's not our problem that the other studio are char- charging a certain price. You just have to build the confidence and um, then wait. <laughs> it will come. I agree with you about, yeah, just because another studio is undercharging doesn't mean that that we should too. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't mean that we have to follow them, no. So how do you think you developed that confidence? Was that a deliberate thing that you did on purpose or were you just already a confident person? Like how did you get the confidence to put your prices up? I just, I believe uh, it worth my time more. And then with all the training I did, like, I mean, I like to do a lot of, you know, online training, whatever. And then if, and then it really give me uh, more value to my teaching career. And then if uh, the price that they are currently happy to pay, uh, and then if the price that they're currently happy to pay, uh cannot be increased anymore, uh, then I will not spend more time with them. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So I value my time more, basically, rather than entertaining, you know, clients who are not willing to help my clients is not hearing this. (laughs) (laughs) So, so if I understand you correctly, what you've, what you kind of have come to is that as you've increasingly built skill. Yeah. And then I have more confidence. You've got more confidence and more sense of the value that you bring. And so whether somebody, so you, you have become more and more convinced of the value that you provide, but it's not up to you whether somebody else can afford that or not. That's, that's their decision. And so for, for people who are happy to pay, that's great. And for, but for people who feel that they can't afford or it's too much for them, well, you can give them a basically like a shorter, less time. Yes. Right? So yes. you're not investing the same amount of effort for less money, basically. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, yes. I think that's such a great business strategy that um, many businesses offer in, Pilates, in the Pilates industry and, and elsewhere, mainly elsewhere, is if you want to offer a lower priced option for people, give them less service at a lower price. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that way you're not actually discounting. You're saying, hey, if you can't afford the full price, we've got this cheaper thing where you don't get A, B and C, which we normally include, but, you know, it's still a basic product, but it'll get the job done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So... Did you, did you, so when, I said, take me back to when you were working in that, you had that studio with, I think you said like seven or eight other instructors, you know, collaborating and, and they, you know, many of them wanted to discount and you didn't want to discount, right? That was, uh, you know, that was before you came and studied with us because you did our clinical diploma, but this was before you came and studied with us. And, and so... At that point already, you had a resistance to dropping the prices. And so, yeah, so t- tell me about the and, – and also, I'm sorry, I just want to dig into this thing about confidence 
you know, a, a bit more because I think it's probably the number one thing that holds people back in this industry from charging what they're worth is the confidence that they are in fact worth that and just the, I don't know, the the chutzpah, like just being able to say that price with a straight face to the client and then just wait for the client to, to make a decision. Uh, and so so that struck me that you're, you already had some degree of confidence there, like you were different to those other instructors. But then also something you said struck me uh, about what the way that you introduced this new semi-private is you said, I didn't have the confidence then, so I thought I'll just start small and I did like a two-on-one and then a three-on-one and then a four-on-one and I thought, oh, this is working. And so now – and you've built the confidence, right? So it seems to me like you deliberately set out to build confidence – in yourself and you, you you know created a plan to build that confidence systematically so yeah so can you talk to me about you know that and also like three years ago pre-pandemic you already had this kind of mindset you know yeah so tell me about how that mindset has developed in you over the years as well i think most uh most things that affect me is um, the response that I get from my clients who are happy to, you know, pay that amount and comes sharing the room with four other people. So I'm like, I have, I'm, I have my confidence even more because they keep coming back and all that. Uh, and then, uh, and then I just try, uh, you know, offering more and more classes uh, to other clients who haven't joined. And I did not have, to be honest, I did not have any difficulties at all offering them. I think it it's even easier to sell than me selling one-on-one clients session because the one-on-one is more expensive, right? The one-on-one is more expensive and then the four-on-one is a lot cheaper compared to the one-on-one. So... So um, I did not find it difficult to to sell it. Uh, all right. There's a couple of things um, there. I think that I, I love that you just said is that you've positioned this, these, uh, these four-on-one sessions, these semi-privates, in your mind, you've positioned them as they're a lot cheaper. Yeah. Right. This is the yeah. this is the discounted yeah. service, yes. right? This is less service for less yes. price, right? Um, now, it just so happens to be the case that they're also – triple as profitable right for you right but from the client's perspective they are in fact a cheaper option and so i love that you have framed that for yourself as like well this isn't an expensive session this is a cheap session yes yes yes, (laughs) you'd be crazy to say no to this i love that did you i mean how did you how did you come how did you come to that so when i when i increased actually of course, I, I think this year, actually, I think since I joined Breath, I already increased my price three times, <laughs> three times, slowly, gradually. But when I increase my price, I always tell them, if you're not about, if you're not happy with the new price, you, you, you can join the semi-private, which is cheaper, cheaper for them, better for me. <laughs> right so i have the confidence i mean they will not walk out of the studio if if they are happy to pay higher price they will pay the higher price if not i have the second options for them 
or yeah or even sometimes they like to do a duet husband and wife it's still better than one my one on one right and the the key thing there that you have mastered I, well there's a few things but i think the key thing there in just in terms of your pricing strategy is that the duets are more than half the cost of the yeah. one on one and yeah. the four on one is more than half yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, this is a classic mistake I see a lot of studios making is the duet is just half the price of the one-on-one. So you're literally just earning the same amount for teaching a two-on-one session. Uh, Or the four-on-one is just a quarter the price of the one-on-one, which seems crazy because it's harder work to teach four people than to teach one person. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. But when you price the four-on-one at $40 and the one-on-one at $90, the four-on-one is like it's almost half the price of the one-on-one, but you've got four times the number of clients in the room. A lot difference, yeah. So the math just really works in your favour there. That's fantastic. Yes, yes. So once uh, I officially launched my semi-private with my low back pain program, I'm going to stop taking my one-on-one So and then spend more time there. Share with me, uh, so you're a veteran uh, price increaser, right? <laughs> <laughs> You've done it multiple times now. And when you you told me about that, I didn't pick up on any kind of anxiety um, or stress about putting up your prices. So, yeah, tell me just um, nuts and bolts. Like what are the mechanics? What do you – when – how do you put up your prices? Like how do you choose the new price? How do you communicate that, et cetera? You know, to be honest, I didn't officially – this is this is how I think this is how I like to do my business. I like to always try and, you know, try a little bit, a little bit. So when I decided to increase my price, I don't announce it to everyone. So I just like, oh, I think this client can take higher price. <laughs> so so like maybe I choose five people to test and like, okay, they're going to be increased price of 10%, let's say, da, da, da. are you okay with that? Da, da, da. And then... And then if clients are happy, and then I get another five clients and then talk about it, and then, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I officially announce. What a wonderful I always, strategy. I always yeah. try and see what their reaction. And then, and then, yeah, that's what people say. Don't judge a book by its cover. Sometimes those clients who I thought they will not pay a higher price, uh, I was wrong. Like they are willing to pay higher price. So uh, when I increase my price, because I mean, how many clients can I handle a day, right? I don't have that many clients. Uh, I mean, one-on-one. So uh, before I increase my price, I always do my trial to few clients. Uh, and then when and see the response. And then if they are willing to pay, that means others are willing to pay. Then I officially send them email, da-da-da. Hmm. And... So when you have that conversation, uh, you know, the first time you had that conversation with the first client, like you must have been nervous, I imagine. A little bit. But then how did the client respond? They're okay, no problem. I was, some people was like, uh, asked me back, like, oh, did you increase the price because of your uh, study or because of the inflation or because... There is a bit of inflation in Asia, and then I was like both. <laughs> and then, but some some clients are, are okay, yeah, no problems. 
And then other clients just joke about it. Like, you know, you increase the price by 10% or $10, <laughs> you know, like, yes, I took it easy. I just want to know how their reactions are. And then and until I have my confidence to finally increase my price. And of, of your, all of the clients that you had, when you increased the price, like how many left? All now. They all stayed? They all start the new price. Hmm. So you just made more money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want now what I want to do is I would love to work less hours. Yeah. Well, what a great place to be because in any and I I firmly believe uh, this is true. I've observed it in my own experience, but I've also been told it by people I really revere in terms of their judgment that in any negotiation, the person with the most options or the person with the best plan B has has the advantage, right? So if you're going to this negotiation with your clients about price, right, and you actually want fewer clients, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. You're not, you know, overly worried if they say, oh, that's too expensive, I can't afford it, because it's like, oh, great, now I have to teach fewer sessions. Mm, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. So whereas if you don't have enough clients, if someone doesn't have enough clients, it's very hard to sort of have that casual attitude of like, oh, I don't, you know, take it or leave it, I don't care. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, and this is not about being cavalier, but it's it's simply like, well, you've, you're, I mean, you work a lot of hours. You said like seven till 12 in the morning. Yeah. You work and That's then four till seven. seven. That's a lot of clients. And you did you say you work seven days a week? Yes, seven right? days a week. So you're yeah. teaching a lot of sessions. Yes. Right? And I can easily see how, I mean, you know, they say do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Right, yeah. <laughs> but. I know there's other things to life apart from teaching Pilates. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got other ambitions to grow your business in different directions as well, I know. And so when you do have that, you know, what a great problem to have is like more clients than you, than you want. Mm -hmm. Well, that is absolutely the time to increase your prices. And even, in fact, what you want to do is increase your prices an amount that causes 20% of your clients to leave, mm. right? Because you actually want to teach fewer sessions, yes. right? So, but if you increase your prices 30%, right, and 20% of your clients leave, mm. well, you're still making more money than you were making yeah. and now you're teaching yeah. fewer sessions and making yes. more money. Yeah. <laughs> right, so win, win, win. Yes. yes. And maybe those clients that leave, maybe they'll downgrade to the four-on-one yeah. group, yeah. Yeah. right? Only one or two. Uh, they don't, re yeah, they are so used to one-on-one -on -one and then they don't really like to convert to the one-on-four, one-on-four, yeah. Huh. So, so that's really the next challenge facing you is to downsize your, your schedule. Yes, yes. Mm. So what are, your plan what are your plans to do that? So I'm planning to, so if once my program is officially launched, the low back pain program is officially launched. I am planning to teach seven to eight, nine to ten. Wait, seven to eight, nine to ten, and then eleven to twelve, three classes a day, 
and then in the afternoon i can do my other things um that's going to 7 days a week that's going to be an extra of 60000 for me on top of my existing that's amazing earning. for like one third of the yeah 3 hours a day 7 day i don't mind 7 days a week if i work 3 hours a day no no problem at all so uh yeah so my target is a bit higher from your book is uh at least i want to make 160000 you can do a that year. Yeah, yeah at least yeah and you've Then. got you've got the perfect setup you're working from home you've got almost yeah, no cost yeah it's easier yeah no cost no cost at all and you've got the fact that you've got those office towers around you means you've got a very high density of, of people to draw mm-hmm. from So are you advertising like when you put uh, are you advertising on the internet or are you just putting physical flyers up in the offices? I, no, I don't do physical uh, flyers only on Instagrams uh, and so um, what is it Google Ads mm-hmm. Google Ads and Instagram. So I noticed your studio website and uh, it's Pilates Capital. Yeah. Right. You've got like two and a half thousand followers, yeah. right? Not huge, right? So do you just do organic posts or do you do paid? Organic, yeah. yeah. And so just organic posts and you get clients from that. Mm-hmm. And the post just basically says, "Hey, come do this session mm-hmm. this time." Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, yeah, nothing special. And when and when they click on the post, it just takes them to the booking yes. page, right? And and then a booking page or WhatsApp me directly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you do Google Ads, Presumably you're doing a pretty tight geographic targeting, mm-hmm. so like one kilometer radius or two mm-hmm. kilometer, something like that. Yes. And you search what what search terms are you using like Pilates near me or that yeah. type of thing. Yeah, Pilates Jakarta, Pilates uh, Jakarta Selatan. Selatan is South Jakarta. Pilates in Kuningan. You know, Kuningan is the yeah. local area where you are. Yes, right? yes, yes. And how much do you spend on Google Ads a day? Because the price. goes according to the rate right so i'm not sure but i spend i'm targeting f- w- uh, 1 million rupiah means $100 aud that means what, 60 usd is it yeah a month and him him how how many clients do you get a month for that spend would you say new clients yeah um about about 15 uh 15ish inquiries no no inquiries more but uh, sign signing up t- 10 to 15 and how much yeah, is inquiries, how I much think is a lot each more. how much do, is each client worth to you over a year what do you mean by that well how much does each client pay you over you know like so you spend uh 60 USD per month on ads and you get 15 clients so that's $4 per client Oh yeah. 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 And how much does the client pay you? 90 per session. Per, yeah, 90 <laughs> AUD. Yeah. 90 With 60 AUD. USD. So yeah. the first so nothing, right? The first session that the client does, you've already made like 15 times your acquisition yeah. cost back. Yeah. Yes. Mhm. Well, there you go folks at home. That's how you that's how you get clients to your local <laughs> business. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, and so so you're going to increase your prices for your one-on-ones so that you basic will you want to did you say to me before you want to stop doing one-on-ones? Yeah, I want to stop doing So one. so how are you going to make that transition? I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know yet. I'm just going to I guess 
I don't know. I'm just it. I just uh, I don't know. I'm trying to direct them to semi-private, but I don't know how to yet at this time. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, you you probably will lose some of them. Well, in fact, you, yeah. you're going to need to lose some of them. That's the yeah, that's the that's purpose, right? But uh, I would say uh, if you haven't already, give them a free trial of the of the semi-private as a valued valued long-term client uh, and uh, then after that um, you know I would put your basically put the price up so that you make the same from a one-on-one client that you make from a four-on-one so I'll put the price up to like 160 180 mm-hmm. right so that if someone's happy to pay that, well, great. Then you're happy to teach that because yeah. you can make the yeah, same money. Yeah, same. Doesn't right? matter, right? <laughs> right? Doesn't make any difference. Um, yeah. But if they're not happy to pay that, well, that's fine. Then they have to join the semi. They can join the semi-private, you know, and that makes the semi-private even more good value, mm. right? Because like one quarter of the cost now. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so I'll just put the price up, but but you, I mean. You could do you could do that in stages like like you've done by ten percent ten percent, but it's going to take a while to get up to one hundred and eighty. Yeah, yeah. So I would I would say, uh, you know, if it if it were me, I would probably first give offer them the free trial of the the semi privates, um, and then um, a month later, let them know that you're going to put you're changing your business model. And you're really going to downsize because you've got other things in your life that you want to focus on, mm-hmm. and you're only going to see a very limited number of one-on-one clients, and the price is going up to this much higher number, mm-hmm. right? And you totally understand if that's not doesn't fit for them, and you have this other much cheaper product that they can buy, and they're most welcome to. You'd love to retain them as a client, mm-hmm. or if they want to stay on at one-on-one and that price is okay, well, that's yeah. that's great too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, you give them choice and they've already experienced the four-on-one session so it's not a kind of an unknown for them um and yeah i don't know i mean that's like it's virtually a doubling of your prices uh and in the past we've doubled our prices almost like we put our prices up 80 percent uh sort of january 2018 and we didn't lose any any sales like i was shocked (laughs) Amazing, yeah. So you might be surprised that some of them will grumble a bit, but they'll all stay with you. But I, I mean, you really don't know. With a very large price rise like that, you might you might lose some yeah. or, or many. You don't know. But but the, that's the point: is you're in a position now where it doesn't matter to you financially mm-hmm. if 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 you lose some. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Tell me about the. I, I'm I'm sorry. I, was, I still am stuck on this confidence building trick that you you have. <laughs> so you you, what I love about or what's fascinating about what you said or the process that you you went through, in starting these four on ones is that you were you kind of had, were self aware enough to know that you didn't yet have the confidence but that you would have the confidence 
once you'd done it and once you'd had feedback from the clients and they kept coming back, well, then you knew that you, if that happened, then you would have the, the confidence, right? So you just kind of set up an experiment. Yeah. I think a lot of it, – it's my perception that a lot of times when people lack self-confidence, they can't sort of step outside the situation and think about it in the long term and think like, okay, well, right now I'm not confident, but that's because I haven't actually tried this yet. And once I try it and try it with a couple of clients and if it works, like I I believe maybe a lot of people can't necessarily step outside the situation and see that. Is that something you kind of deliberately developed in yourself or is that, how did you come to that? Because that seems like this idea of just trying and experimenting with a small group and, uh, and then just getting the feedback, that seems like just a, a, you operate that way in a lot of areas. Right, that seems like something that you, a pattern that you've you've done many times. So, how did you come to that? I just, I think, I always have a dream of um, being um, to to be a finance financial independence, like you know. And then I calculate back if I want to like retire at this age, and then I make I have to make like this much money, and then I want I have to earn this much money monthly, and then from that amount. I divide it into like seven days, I mean, three, three, six, five days in a year and how much I have to make. If not, then it's not worth it for me. All right. I love this. And so why, why didn't you, or, or did you think about, so I'm guessing what a lot of people would in the Pilates world would, would think is like, oh, but I can't make that much from Pilates. Right, they would find they would come to the number and they say, oh, "I want to make this much." Right, but then they'd be they they wouldn't have the confidence to think like, "Oh, well, I just have to, if I have to charge this much and see this many clients," and they would then wouldn't have the confidence like, "Oh, but I can't charge that much, or I won't get that many people to pay that price." So, how did you kind of overcome that? Because I have I have tried um, uh, like different studios, like who like I tried uh, in Europe in Asian countries, like if I convert back uh, the price that they are charging one-on-one, at least they charge $100. And then my teachers that I used to see in Singapore, they charge even more, double. Like it's uh, AUD, sorry, AUD 200-ish dollars. I mean, I thought like, I want to be like them. They inspired me to charge that high price. Um, I, I also experience, I mean, them, like in the beginning when I did the training with them, they only charged 140 uh, AUD, I remember. And then they suddenly increased to 200. In the beginning when they increased, it's, it, the business was slowing down. And then, and then now they, they are like they're at their peak. They even charge even more now. I think they charge two hundred forty. I mean, they that inspired me a lot. That's awesome, mm. uh, and I'm sure this is inspiring other people. Mm. The, the 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 cycle of increasing prices fascinates me, and pricing is something that I, I think about a lot. And it is the case, I think, for a lot of people like like you have done is that you start out charging a relatively lower price and then you build confidence and you, uh, you're anxious but you do it and you put up your prices and then nothing happens and you just make more money and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. And then a bit later, you know, you think, oh, 
I put my prices up again, you do it again, you do it again, you do it again. And, and you know, three, four, five years later, you've put your prices up to almost double what they were, yeah. you know, before. And in the future, you're going to put your prices up again and again, and you know, and this, this will continue. And so why not just shortcut the process and double your prices right now? Yes. You know? Yeah, 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 I agree, yeah. Easier that way, right? Much easier. Yeah. <laughs> it will slow down a bit. You know, you just wait. It's going to come back a little bit only. It will slow down a bit. And it, I think people need to digest it. And then they finally, you know, uh, accept it. In my experience, uh, I think the price of Pilates in general is, is quite elastic, by which I mean people are willing to pay more you know like if you put the price up you don't lose a lot of clients in my experience i've seen quite a few studios put their prices up and basically didn't lose any clients or maybe lost one out of 100 clients you know Uh, and so you know if you put your whereas if we had an industry where if you put your prices up 10 percent, you lost 10 percent of your clients right i would say prices are inelastic like Mm -hmm. people aren't prepared to pay more Mm -hmm. right um, but I think in, in Pilates, they're quite elastic. People are pre- prepared to pay more by and large. But I think that the, your existing clients are often more set on the current price, whereas new clients will often be quite happy. If you tell them the new price, they don't know any different. No, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it doesn't really matter to them. Yeah, so I think what I say in the book about putting your prices up is start with the new clients first. Yeah. And then when you've got a lot of new clients at the new price and you've got too many clients, that's when you can take the new price to the old clients and say, hey, take it or leave it because I've got plenty of clients. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> and that's pretty much what you've done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're going to put the four-on-ones up to 49 50, nice. <laughs> $1 make a bit difference. It does when you do the math. It adds yeah. up, right? And I know $50. that you do the math. So that I can hit my 60000 extra. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so you're going to put your four-on-ones up to $50, and then you're going to put your one-on-ones up. What are you going to put the one-on-ones up to? Two point, two, 240 240 Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> we'll see. I just want to focus on the semi-private first actually it's more fun i feel to teach a semi-private rather than to one-on-one so what is your um what is your so let's switch tracks here and just talk about the mechanics of teaching a four-on-one session what is your teaching strategy do you t- i mean you don't have four people on the same piece of equipment you've got a no. pedipole a cadillac yes. um well. because i only have one Cadillac, one reformer, and then two. I don't know whether you're fam- you have seen the power plate. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a vibrating. So, yes, yes. So uh, I divide them into four. So uh, I decide what I want to do that day. Let's say, for example, so I have two different classes. One is for strength class, and another one is for stretch, full body stretch. Uh, for the strength class, um, for example, the reformer only for the apps exercises and then the cadillac is only for um arms mm-hmm. so you do a circuit right circuit, so they move yeah. from one to the next yes. to the next and then right. the two vibrating machine is more for the legs and cardio mm-hmm. yeah uh, they do different movement but we move at the same time so i can control the flow of the of the room better the flow of the class 
better. So, yeah. so you have four clients, four pieces of equipment. You've got someone on the reformer doing abs, someone on the Cadillac doing arms, and someone on the first power plate doing legs, and on the second power plate maybe doing cardio. The the two power plates do the same. Do the same movement. Okay, so right. It's Okay, good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then so you just basically say, okay, you know, after two minutes or whatever, everybody move one piece of equipment to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so essentially everyone in the group does the same workout but just not at the same time. Uh, one is doing abs, for example. One is doing uh, arms on the Cadillac. But but by the end of the session, oh, yes, they've yes, all done yes. the same thing, Correct. right? Yes, so yes. you're not riding four completely no, different no, workouts. No, no, right? no, no, not at all. But you might just scale it so maybe someone gets an extra spring or a mm. lighter spring or whatever. That's right, yeah, um, yeah. But they're basically everyone's doing the 100 or everyone's doing the Correct. whatever. Yes. Um, and so you just come up with uh, how long are your sessions, 45 minutes, 50, 50 minutes? 50 minutes. 50 minutes. Mm. Come up with 50 minutes of programming on those four apparatus and you just swap – how often How often do you swap the clients around? Um, about three. It depends on how many people because I don't always have four, but uh, about three times. All right, so I do like of, 15 yeah. minutes on yeah. one piece of apparatus, uh, something of like two that? Two to three sets, yeah, two, two sets maybe, yeah. So they're doing two sets. So really it's a pretty simple class program. Super simple, super simple. It's easier, a lot easier than teaching private. Hmm. A lot easier than And because, simple because they're, you're repeating, right? They're doing multiple sets, yes. right? Uh, and uh, how much variety do you have in the program? So if I come on Monday and then I come again on Thursday and do the same class, do we do the same movements or different movements? Uh, a little different, a little different, not always, but I see who comes. <laughs> because if they already come on Monday, for example, they come again on Wednesday, I give a little bit of difference uh, of, of the movement, uh, but the basic is still the same. I still have my toolbox. Right, so it's the same basic class, but it's you put a different sprinkle on yes, the top of it. Yeah, yeah, so that they, go, they don't get bored, right? Yeah. So it's not exactly the same, but it's no, basically the a same. Little, yeah. Hmm. And so how, just out of curiosity, how many exercises in a given week, right, how many different exercises would you say you use on the reformer? On the reformer, six, max. Brilliant. And how many sessions How many sessions are you teaching? Uh, a day average, yeah. uh, seven days a week, I average two semi-private. Awesome. So that's 14 sessions a week, six exercises. <laughs> Not much at all, right? It doesn't sound much. It doesn't sound much. I learned no. 500 plus exercises in my stop certification. <laughs> yeah. I think about 480 yeah. of them were. Very simple. Uh, so you're not teaching ballet stretches on the Cadillac, or uh, n- not really? No, 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 no. <laughs> so you're doing just things like arm circles and pull pull downs and, and push throughs. Press, press, and uh, yeah, simple stuff. I mean, I like to do, to teach them simple movement because it's easier for me to control the room to, to to control the class. If I give them too complicated movement, then I will get upset also by them moving yeah. and they keep coming back right so obviously it's not boring no thank god yeah so yeah, why, why do they keep coming back do you think they love the session they even give me good review on google how do you get google reviews i ask them to make one for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would like if you and how was the session? And then if you enjoy the session, can you leave a Google review for me? And then, oh, I'd love to. So then they do it. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any other advice that you have? Like if there's somebody out there who's got maybe a business, they teach Pilates and, you know, they're kind of struggling to either get more clients or maybe to get more clients at a high price or, you know, struggling to put their, to get the confidence to put their prices up maybe. Like what advice would you give to that person? Mm-hmm. Just stay confident, believe in yourself. There are people out there who are willing to pay high price. Fantastic. Sandy, you've been awesome. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.